You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Thank you again for coming to the Lord's house tonight. You know, it's a great thing. This is the Lord's day, and we have made a day of it, have we not? Hallelujah. Oh, well, we went and had some Mexican food, and I went back and took a siesta. <laughs> I didn't take it. I went into a coma for about an hour and a half. That's what happened to me, man. I was so tired, and thank the Lord for that. But it was a good tired, and, and thank the Lord. And thank you all for allowing me to come and being with you again this year. And uh, I'll be praying for you through the year. And, and uh, I know that uh, the theme for the year is souls. And you know what? You're not going to win souls for Jesus Christ unless you pray first. And I want to talk to you about that tonight, about persistent prayer. So I want you to turn your Bibles with me tonight to Luke chapter 18, please. Luke chapter 18. And I hope this will be a blessing and a challenge to you this evening. And I, uh, I know that I have a long prayer list and I have to break my prayer list up and pray different different for different people on different days and things like that and i'm sure that you do as well but i uh, was reading in the bible about this widow and she came to this unjust judge and she needed something and when we come to the faithful judge the lord jesus christ in prayer we we need something and we want to hear from heaven we want god to answer our prayers but you know what? There's certain times that uh, sometimes we pray and maybe if we have sin in our life, God's not going to hear us pray until we repent and get things right. Or, or maybe we're, we're praying for the wrong thing and in the wrong manner. But if we really are coming to God, asking Him to do something in our life or in the life of other people, God wants us not only to pray, but He wants us to be persistent in our prayers and to keep on praying. But some people say, well, I asked God to do this for me, and I'm not talking to Him about it anymore. Well, you know, that's not what God teaches in the Bible. He tells us to keep on praying and have a consistent uh, prayer life. And, and the neat thing about praying is you don't have to, to be on your knees beside your bed praying. You can pray riding down the road. You don't have to shut your eyes while you're driving. Hallelujah about that, right? <laughs> you, can, you can pray and talk to God. I do that as I travel a lot. I'm in airport. Sometimes I pray when I'm in an airport by myself there. Just anyway, this is a neat thing. So, and God never has a busy signal. He never hangs up on you. It's an amazing thing. And I, I've been in meetings. I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting like this where, where uh, people are praying and everybody's praying all at the same time. And it, it sounds crazy, but I'm thinking God hears every single one. And he can differentiate between, I, I can't even say that word. But anyway, God hears it all and makes sense of it all. It's an amazing thing for me to even think about. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to read just a little short passage of Scripture here. We'll pray and we'll get in here. I'll get you out about 10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Luke chapter 18. The Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. 
And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjudged just saith. Obviously this judge is a lost man. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he hear long, uh, bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. I want to bring you just a simple message tonight entitled, Persistent Prayer. Father God in heaven, Lord, again, as I bow my head and my heart, I want to thank you for this dear pastor, his wife and family, and this body of believers here. Lord, I've been coming here for many years, and I'm thankful and grateful they keep allowing me to come back. I'm thankful they're not tired of me. And Lord, I know you don't get tired of us coming to you as we pray. And Father, help us to be prayer warriors and persistent in our prayer life. And Father, I'm convicted as I say that because I know I don't pray as much as I should or as long as I ought. But Lord, I thank you that when I do pray that you hear me. I am your child. You are my father. And you want and desire to answer prayer. I believe that with all my heart. Help us, Father, not to get tired of praying. Help us to continue in the fight because we are in a war. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And Father, if there's anybody here in this church service tonight who has never prayed the prayer for salvation, I pray that they'll do that tonight before it's eternally too late. I pray for those who raised their hand, not sure they're on the way to heaven, like Pastor said, that you'll continue to work in their hearts and lives. And before this day is over, before this week is over, Lord, before this year is over, that they would bow their head and heart and trust you before it's eternally too late. Father, thank you for hearing my prayer tonight. And I pray that you would speak to hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated, and I appreciate you standing. I want you to turn your Bibles back to Luke uh, chapter 11 for just a second. I want to read a, a few verses there. In Luke chapter 11, and starting in uh, verse 5. Starting in verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine is in his journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are in uh, are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because <coughs> he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will arise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he, <clears throat> will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? God says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. Persistent prayer. Why should we pray? Well, number one, God commands it. Number two, God delights in giving good gifts to those who are His children. And number three, prayer changes things. Prayer changes you. 
And as you pray and you see God answer prayer, I don't know what it does for you, but what it does for me, man, it's an amazing thing to know that I pray to the God of the universe and He heard me and answered my prayer. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing that happens. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. God wants us con to continue to pray. In Psalm chapter 37, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. You know, this widow here, she just kept coming, she just kept coming, and this unjust judge said, Man, this girl is about to drive me crazy. I'm going to give her what she wants to get her off my back. Now, that's not the way God is. God, God's not worried about you coming to Him. He's not get, giving you something to get it off because He wants you to continue to come. Even if He answers your prayer, He doesn't want you to stop there. He wants you to keep on praying. Amen? Because Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. In Hebrews chapter 4, Verses 14 through 16, the Bible says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed unto the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is a verse that I quote a lot, and I'm trying to live this verse, and I don't know about you. Some verses in the Bible you can quote real easy, but I'm telling you, they're hard to live. And this is one of those verses, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing. That word careful means anxious. Be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes we get worried about things. Uh, I have bills coming in, and sometimes, where God, God, where's the money going to come from? I, I, I can't pay this bill. And I want to be a good steward of my money, and at the same time, I want to be a good testimony and pay my bills on time. Uh, I, I want to be, as a Christian, I, I want to do those kind of things. And sometimes, it, when it gets a little lean, you wonder where it's going to come from. But God says, be careful for nothing. He said, don't worry about that. He said, I'll take care of the sparrows. I'll take care of you. And, and so you just have to believe God. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 46, the Bible says, Saying unto them, it is written, My house is a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Now Jesus was quoting from the Old Testament in Isaiah 56, 7. And see, a lot of times, what, what do we call this? We call this the house of prayer. Wednesday night prayer meeting, right? And a lot of times the Wednesday night prayer meeting is not really a prayer meeting. It just becomes a time of fellowship. But God says God's house is a house of prayer. And He wants us to come and pray. You can make your house a house of prayer. You can, you can have a prayer life. And God wants us to do that. I know that my friend Bobby back there in Carthage, North Carolina, is praying for me tonight. I know that he loves me and he prays for me every day. I know there is a lady, she was over 100 years old, the wife of Dolphus Price, an evangelist. I know that Miss Nellie is praying for me. And I thank God. I get uh, emails uh, all the time, sometimes text messages. I have preachers all over the country that call me, Brother Bruce, I'm praying for you right now. I got one at 1230 last night. A preacher said, I'm on my knees praying for you right now. And what that is a blessing to me. I'm glad that people are lifting my name up to the Lord. I need prayer. You need prayer. We all need prayer. So what in the world keeps us from praying? Well, 
We look at this passage of Scripture here, and this lady, and uh, she didn't quit. She just kept coming. But sometimes when we pray, we get, we get a little weary, we get a little faint, and we just stop, and we give up. But God does not want us to give up. And uh, my testimony, you know, that my brother Sammy prayed for me for 21 years, and I'm glad that he didn't quit praying for me. Even though when I would come home and he would see me with my hair and uh, the clothes that I wore, the life that I was living, and he'd look at me and say, God, he's the same old cocky rooster he's always been. Are you ever going to do anything in Bruce's life? But what Sammy didn't know, God was doing something in my life. Now, I could act like something wasn't going on on the outside, but on the inside, I was dying. And I don't know who you're praying for, but God may be working in their heart right this very second. And you may not be able to see it, but God is always at work in the hearts and lives of people, especially the ones that we're praying for. And think about this. The person that you're praying for, you may be the only person praying for them. Have you ever thought about that? You may be the only one standing in the gap for that person needing prayer. So what keeps us from praying? First of all, we faint. We faint in our prayer life. We give up because he doesn't answer. This lady didn't faint. She just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. In 1 Timothy 2, 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And when we pray, the Lord Jesus Christ, who lived on this earth, who knows what we're going through, he knows how we feel. Because he was here, and he experienced everything that we experienced, yet without sin, the Bible says. So when we pray, Jesus takes our prayer to the throne room of Almighty God. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Wow, that's a wonderful, wonderful thought. I found this out as I was studying. In the Latin language, uh, the the word for uh, priest is pontiflex. And you know what it means? Bridge builder. Jesus Christ was the bridge builder between man and God. And when we pray, Jesus takes our prayer to the Father. When we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's like Jesus takes us by the hand, He takes God by the hand, and He brings man to God. He is the bridge builder, the pontiflex. Hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful God that we serve. Isaiah 40, 29, as we continue to read that passage of Scripture, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. If you're fainting in your prayer life, ask God to give you strength. Because you know what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you have no joy, you have no strength. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Walk and not faint. So first of all, the reason we don't pray is because we faint. Secondly, it's because we fear. We quit because we're scared He won't answer. But you know, God is a God who wants to answer. But she didn't fear. She just kept asking. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You know, the third reason that we don't pray is because we lack faith. We lack faith. We stop believing He will answer. That's why the, the man said, and I'm, I'm forgetting where the passage is, he said, Lord, 
Help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. And sometimes when you're praying, whether you, if you pray in unbelief, that's not pleasing to God. You need to pray believing God is going to do something, whether you see it or not, whether you feel like it's going to happen or not. It's not about feelings. It's about faith. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a reward of them that diligently seek Him. Persistent prayer. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 24, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And this was a man who was begging God to take the demon out of his demon-possessed boy. He said, help thou mine unbelief. When I first got saved, I'm just going to kind of share some thoughts here at the end with you. And when I first got saved, my first thought was this. I know that I'm going to heaven now because I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. But my first thought was about my family, about my mom, about my dad, and about my little brother. And I wanted them to have what I had so bad. I drove from Nashville, Tennessee to Aberdeen, North Carolina, nine hours, just so I could tell them what had happened to me. I sat them down in a room. I said, Mom and Dad, I said, I want to tell you what happened to me. And I shared my testimony with them. And I said, Mom... Dad, I know I'm going to heaven. I want you to go to heaven with me. My mom didn't understand it. She said, Bruce, you've wanted to be a star all your life. You've worked so hard. and You're just going to quit that? I said, Mama, I don't need to be a star anymore. I don't need a bus with my name on the side of it. I don't need for everybody to know who I am. I said, I have Jesus Christ living inside me and the Holy Spirit of God. I said, I don't need all that other stuff. I have Jesus. And I want you to have Jesus. My mom said, you don't think I have Jesus? I said, no, mom. Not like I do. You see, my mom was a lost church member. I mean, she paid her tithes. She was on the roll. She lived a, a pretty good life. But my mother was lost. My mother was lost. And so I prayed for her. You know, I can't save anybody. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But I prayed for my mom. It got so bad for me personally that when I would get around my mom and dad and my little brother and I would look at them, I'd start crying. And so my family was looking at me and saying, I don't know what happened to you, but I want none of that. I mean, every time you come around, you just start crying. What's up with that? And see, I had lost my joy. I had a burden, which is a good thing, but I was trying to save them. And I can't save anybody. This is what God did for me. And I don't know if you've got a burden for somebody and sometimes when you're around them that you just weep. But this is what God did for me. My brother had a, a bus ministry there at our church. And one day he called me on the phone. This is after I got saved, moved back to North Carolina. I was working with an electrician. He called me on the phone. He said, Bruce, is there any way you can meet me at the hospital? One of my bus kids' mom just died of a heart attack, 45 years old. He said, could you meet me there and help me minister to these people? And I said, yes. I called my boss. I said, look, i got to go help my brother. He said, go. My boss was a Christian. So I went to the hospital, and my brother got there, and there was a bunch of people in the room. And he opened the Bible. He read some scripture. He prayed with everybody in there. And then he walked by me. And he handed me his Bible. 
He said, Brother Bruce, I'm going to go back here in the room where this body is, and I'm going to weep with this man and his son. He said, will you please pray for me, brother? I said, sure, Sam. And so I'm sitting there with my brother's Bible, and I'm praying for him. And after I got through praying, I went, wow, this is my brother's Bible. And I opened it to the first page. And guess what I saw on the first page? It said this, on this day, and there was a date written down, I surrender my brother Bruce to God. And it was circled. And I started crying. I said, God, that's what I need to do to mom and dad and my little brother because I can't say it. So when I got home, I opened my Bible. And I wrote down my mom and my dad and my brother's name and put a date on it. And I said, on this day, I surrender my family to God. And circled it. And guess what? A load was lifted. I still had a burden, wanted them to be saved. But I got my joy back. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I got my joy back and I could go around my family without crying every time I looked at them. And I started hanging out, just loving on them. What a wonderful thing. Then my mom started having struggles with, and I've shared this with you before, with her mind. She was uh, struggling remembering things. She had a couple of car wrecks and it was just, she was having a hard time driving and things like that. And so we took her to the doctor and found out she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And the day that that happened, uh, we got back to the house and I set her down and I said, Mom, I said, do you understand what's going on in, in your mind? She said, yeah. She said, I got the big one. I don't want it. I said, Mom, I wish you didn't have it either. I'm so sorry about that. I said, Mom, about a year ago, I shared the gospel with you right over at that picnic table right over there. I said, do you remember that? I'm not trying to test you or anything. She said, yes, son, I do remember that day. And I said, Mom, on that day, I asked you a question. What would you say to God if he asked you, why should I let you in my heaven? I said, I wrote down your answers, and I opened my Bible, and I read them to her. I've lived a good life. I've raised three boys. I've been faithful to my husband. I've never really done anything that bad. And I explained to her that day a year ago, I said, Mom, I said, where was all the focus of your answer? And she said, on me. I said, see, Mom, you're not trusting Christ. You're trusting in your good works to get to heaven. And works don't work. There's only two religions in the whole wide world, do or done. Either going to try to do something to win God's favor or realize there's nothing you can do and bow your head and heart and put your trust and faith what Jesus Christ has already done on the cross of Calvary. And that day when I shared that with her a year before, I asked her that day, I said, Mom, would you like to transfer your trust from yourself to Jesus Christ today? And she stood up and said, Nope. And she didn't want anything to do with it. And a solid year I prayed. I said, God, you have got to open my mama's eyes because only you can. And then the, all the Alzheimer's stuff started happening. And this day, I said, Mama, I don't want to go around the country and tell people how to go to heaven and my little mama die and go to hell. Will you please let me share the gospel with you again today? And she said, yes, son, go right ahead. And I shared the gospel with her. I read her answers back to her. And before I could say another word, she looked at me with tears in her eyes. And she said, that's not enough, is it, son? I said, no, mama. I said, wouldn't you like to trust Christ as your Savior today, mom? She said, yes, son, I would. Would you help me? I said, yes, mama, I'll help you. And I remember that day, uh, my mom could hardly talk and... I was praying, but she wasn't saying anything out loud. But when I got through praying, she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, Son, 
I ditto everything you just said. That was one of her little sayings. I said, okay, Mom. And then she asked me this. She said, Bruce, why has this happened to me? I said, Mama, I don't know all the answers to that. But I know one answer is so you could get saved by the grace of God. I said, maybe the second thing is that so God could teach Dad how to love you a little better. She said, well, he's doing that, isn't he? And I said, yes, ma'am. My dad and I were with my mom the night she went home to be with the Lord. November, a year ago. And I remember my dad was on one couch and I was on the other. And I woke up to check on my mom and she was gone. I woke my dad up and I said, Dad, I said, Mom's gone. He said, we did all we could do, didn't we, boy? I said, yes, sir. It was about a year later. I was in an airport in Detroit trying to get home. I'm telling you, flying these days is crazy. Sometimes the flights, especially during the winter time. And I was trying to get home that night, and my dad called me on the phone. He said, where are you, boy? And I said, I'm in Detroit, Dad, trying to get home. I don't know. I may have to spend the night here. I don't know. He said, well, when you get home, I want to talk to you. And I could hear in his voice. I knew what he wanted to talk about. I said, okay, Dad. I did get home that night. Woke up that next day, and I went to my dad's house, and I said, Dad, sound like you want to talk about something. He said, yeah. He said, I do, but he said, can we play a hand of cards first? I said, all right. We sat down and played a hand of rummy, just hung out. He said, I need to go to the grocery store. I said, Dad, wherever you need to go today, I'm your man. I said, I'll be your chauffeur. We went to the grocery store. We did a few things. He said, let's go by your mama's grave. I said, okay, Dad. So we went by mom's grave, and we were standing there, and all of a sudden, he just opened up. He said, Bruce, you know, when I was a boy, I remember going forward at a meeting, and I remember praying and stuff, and he said, I don't know, son. He said, I don't think I really understand it all. I said, well, let's talk about that, Dad. And I started sharing the gospel with him, and it was like God was opening his eyes. Because my dad started saying, well, that makes sense. Well, I understand that. And then I said the same thing to him that I said to my mom. I said, Dad, I said, would you like to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? He said, I, I really would. And I said, Dad, I can pray for you, and then you can talk to God, or I can help you. What, what do you want me to do? And he said, just help me, will you, son? Reminded me of my mom. And I prayed a simple sinner's prayer with my dad, and, and he repeated every word I said. When I got to the point where I said, please forgive me of my sin, he said, many sins. And my dad, right beside my mama's grave, bowed his head and heart and trusted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. So many stories I could tell you tonight. But I want to leave you with this one because I want to encourage you. I don't know who you're praying for. My mom was 80 years old when she got saved. My dad was 87. And the ministry that God has allowed me to in the past two years, I've had several over 80 people get saved at the meetings that I've been in. I give God all the glory for that. When I first got saved and moved back to North Carolina and got married and my wife and I were traveling around together and going to all these meetings and stuff, and I was, uh, right before that, I was working with an electrician. And uh, he had been praying for his brother Robert for 27 years to be saved. And he put me on the van with, with his brother. 
Now, I'm a brand new baby Christian. I'm reading the Bible. I'm so excited about what I'm learning. And I asked Robert that first day on the job. I said, Robert, while we're driving from place to place, I said, can I share the Word of God with you, things that I'm learning from the Bible? He made this statement to me. He said, Bruce, anything you want to tell me about the Bible, I'll listen to you. I said, really? Because most of my friends didn't want to hear nothing about the Bible. Well, what I didn't realize... Robert used to come and hear me sing in the bar. He knew the drinking, the drugging, the partying, Bruce. He said, Bruce, I saw such a change in your life. He said, I didn't know what had happened to you, but I wanted to find out. He said, I watched you on the job handing gospel tracts out to people. He said, I, I watched you pray when you ate. He said, I, I just watched you every day. And little by little, God started doing a work in Robert's heart. I took him to hear one of my favorite preachers one night, and I'll never forget, I was standing beside Robert, and he was weeping, he was crying, he was shaking, he was under conviction. I came this close to putting my arm around and saying, Robert, you want to you go get saved? Man? But I just sensed that God wanted me to leave him alone, so I did, I just prayed. That next Sunday, Robert had come to church, I knew he was there, I knew God had been dealing with him. And after the sermon was over, I went to the altar to pray for my friend. Because I wanted Robert to get saved. As I was down there praying, I got ready to get up, and one of the deacons put his hand on my back and said, Bruce, get back down there and thank God. Robert's coming down the aisle. Robert came down the aisle and trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. That night, he went back home. And when he went into the bedroom, his wife was laying in the bed. Robert knelt on his knees beside the bed and started praying to God. Father, thank you for saving me. Lord, I want you to save my wife and my children. And he just started begging God for his family's salvation. His wife was laying in the bed, and she looked at him, and she said, you have lost your mind. He said, no, honey. I'm going to heaven, and I want you to go with me. She said, well, I did all that when I was a kid, but I don't act like that. But he just kept praying. She got saved later on, and she said one of the things that got to her most was listening to her husband pray to God. That next Sunday, I was up in the choir. I'm not a great choir singer. I don't read music. <laughs> Let me tell you the story real quick. One of my first times in the choir, I'm standing beside my friend, Dean. Now, Dean can read music and all that stuff. So I told him, I said, look, I said, Dean... Those notes on that page don't mean anything to me. So I'm listening to you, and if you go off key, I'm going to go off with you. Gotcha. Now, there's parts in the choir when the men aren't supposed to sing and the women are, and Dean would go, and I'd be singing with the women. All right, you know? So my choir days didn't last that long. But this day, I was standing beside my friend Dean, and I saw Robert and his wife come in the back of the church. And when I saw her face, I went, oh, my Lord, she's not getting saved today. <laughs> she's mad. She sat down. I mean, she didn't, she was not a happy camper. But praise the Lord, she was there. But after the choir sang and the pastor preached, when the invitation came, she didn't walk down the aisle, she ran. And everybody in the church heard her cry out to God. The next day she went to work and she took a bunch of chick gospel tracts with her. Walked into her office, her boss was sitting at his desk, and she started taking these chick tracks and filled his whole desk up with gospel tracks. He's sitting there going, what in the world is this? 
And you'd have to know her. She's very cute. And after she got through, she said, you need to read every one of these or you're going to die and go to hell. Read them all. And just <laughs> went to her office. <laughs> it was amazing, man. But Robert got saved. His wife got saved. Then his mom got saved. He led all his children to Christ. And we were praying for his dad. His dad was a strong military man. And Robert told me one day, he said, Bruce, he said, I'm praying for my dad to be saved. He said, but I cannot see my dad crying out to God and asking him for forgiveness. I've never seen my dad shed a tear his whole life. And I said, Robert, you're praying in unbelief. You have to pray believing God is bigger than your daddy. So we partnered together and started fervently praying for his dad. I was driving down the road, my wife and I, in Tennessee or Kentucky or somewhere, and we got the call, and Robert said his daddy had gotten saved. And this is what happened. He, this is what he told me. He said he and his wife were sitting in a pew. The preacher had preached, and Robert said that he didn't go forward to pray for his daddy. But see, what happened, his dad found out he had cancer, and they weren't sure he was going to live. So his dad started coming to church. And the preacher said, if you're not sure you're going to heaven, raise your hand, I'll pray for you. His dad raised his hand. Had a visiting preacher, same thing, raised his hand. And this particular day, Robert, his wife, were sitting together, his dad and his mom sitting right behind him. And he said, I didn't go forward, Bruce, to pray for my dad, but in my heart, I was begging God for the soul of my dad. He said this, I said, God, if my dad dies... He's going to burn in hell forever. He said, God, you've got to save my daddy. He's sick. He's dying. Please. He said, I was just fervently praying. And his wife jabbed him in the ribs. And he said, he ignored her. He said, I'm praying to God. She jabbed him again. He got mad. He said, what? She said, look up. When he looked up, his dad was standing there like this, holding on to the pew so hard he couldn't move. He was crying so hard he couldn't even move. And Robert got up and put his arm around his dad, walked him to an old-fashioned altar, and his dad knelt and trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. I called him Papa. I had witnessed to him several times. They had a birthday party for him. Went into the fellowship hall, and I remember when I saw him, he had the glow of God on his face. And I walked in there, and I said, Papa! I said, how you doing, buddy? He said, Bruce, I'm a brand-new man. I don't know who you're praying for. But God does not want you to faint. He does not want you to fear. He wants you to have faith. And He wants you to keep on praying. Persistent prayer. So let's stop fainting. Let's stop fearing. Let's exercise our faith. Believing that God is going to do what we want Him to do in the hearts of those that we love and care about. Because remember this. Whoever it is you're praying for, God loves them more than you love them. He wants them to be saved more than you want them to be saved. Because He is a loving God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.